<laughs> Thank you, brothers, sisters, siblings, for joining us in this story. <laughs> the story must be told. All right, we've got a lot going on today, so we'll get down to business. Uh, first, a reminder to everyone in the congregation to please not put a finger in Shalm's mouth unless you feel like donating a finger to the story. <laughs> Shalm's has officially grown a mouthful of teeth, and I do mean full like an ashtray stuffed with so many butts that they poke out in different directions. Brother Reed thinks he'll lose the extras eventually until he has just the good teeth, like pruning a tooth bush. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> Ugh, I really hate that I need to keep talking about... about that boy. Okay, needless to say, Shalms is teething, ornery, and supernaturally capable. It's not enough to just not put your fingers in his mouth. Hide your fingers. He will find them. Brother Reed. Thank you, Pastor Andrew. Like he said, we have a lot going on, so I'll make this brief. As you all know, my bones have been disappearing after I sacrificially contaminated myself a couple weeks back. Oh, yeah. Thanks again, bud. No problem, bud. <laughs> well, it's spread to my vertebrae, so you might notice I am several inches shorter. I've consulted the story and decided this is, honestly, what I deserve. But in a surprising <laughs> twist, I can now do this. Yep, my head turns a lot more than it used to. <laughs> you might want to start calling me Brother Owl. Hoo-hoo. <laughs> With my newfound freedom from bones, why, I can twist this noggin like the cap of a hot, juicy crocroa, the very substance that mutated me. Plump on it, Sister Callista. Uh, well, well, I, uh... <laughs> Well, I think the first announcement actually answered my own announcement. <laughs> I found an assortment of wild teeth in the story daycare last night. I got them in this can. Yeah, they're all nasty and long. And some of them are two teeth with the same base like conjoined twins. I, I thought someone might be missing them, but, but it sounds like it's just Chalms. I... I don't know why I didn't guess that. Um... I, I guess if anyone needs teeth, please see me after the service? I got some! <laughs> Pastor Andrew? <laughs> yes. Thank you for turning it around at the end there, Sister Callista. Anywho, I said we were busy and I wasn't lying. And today, we have a very special visit from the holiest man of the Story Archdiocese, Cardinal Ed Larson! <laughs> Cardinal Larson, please approach the pulpit and share your good news. Thank you, Sister Callista, Pastor Andrew, and Brother Reed. Holy story, it's great to be back. For the past few months, I've been caught up in a whirlwind of action-packed, hard-hitting, rear-end-kicking, story-plumping action, and I'm so glad you're here before me to hear about it. The story must be told. The story must be told. 
Because if you don't tell the story, it's not a story, all right? Ha! Let's keep moving. Story, damn it, I miss Vin Diesel. Great man. Kind man. Truly a man of the story. You know what? Let's raise a toast of boiling hot Tari Crocroa to his memory. To Vin Diesel. May the story keep you and plump you. And now, a reading from the book of Schindler's Hits, Tucked, T-O-O-K apostrophe D, if you didn't understand, by Liam Neeson. I took the loss of Vin Diesel pretty hard. Regrettably, I turned to the bottle. At my worst, I was up to 20 bottles of Crocroa a day. Sure, that's well below the daily maximum dose of 900 bottles a day, but the problem was I wasn't drinking to plump on it. I was drinking to forget. Soon I was hanging out with the wrong crowd, partying with some of the bad boy A-list celebrity congregants. The worst of the worst. They were the most fast-living, Crocroa-slamming, underground, bare-knuckle boxing match attending, rambling, gambling sons of bitches I ever met. They called us the Fearsome Four. It was myself, Mike Myers, Kevin James, and most notoriously, Meryl Streep. Mm, streepy, streepy, streepy. After one super hardcore weekend, the four of us woke up in a completely trashy Econo Lodge hotel room. We ate an underwhelming continental breakfast and then went to check out. The routine clerk sneered and handed us our bill. Meryl Streep's eyes went wide. Cono Lodge docked us 12888 in damages? No way in story could we cover that fine. We were flat broke. One by one, we looked to Mike Myers. His face flushed. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to do it again. He whispered. Mikey, baby, boobala. Kevin James laughed. He quickly turned serious. You have to. Mike Myers sighed. The cruel teen smirked and handed his cell phone to Mike Myers so he could leave an outgoing voicemail on his phone as Austin Powers. Yeah, baby. Yeah. He said flatly into the receiver. Again. Said the cruel teen. Mike Myers forced out a half-hearted Yeah, baby, yeah! Again! Commanded the surly teen. <laughs> yeah, baby, yeah! Mike Myers shouted. Yeah, baby, yeah! Yeah, baby! Yeah! Yeah, baby, yeah! He shouted behind tears. Meryl Streep, Kevin James, and I stared at the floor as the nasty teen grinned. Things got worse in the car ride back to Los Angeles, California. Kevin James and Meryl Streep whispered in the front as I tried to cheer up Mike Myers in the back. But he was quiet, gave one-word answers, and hardly even smirked when I recounted all my favorite parts of his 2008 international smash hit, The Love Guru, to him. I was worried. Kevin James turned to face us. Hey, you guys! He said in just a okay Italian-American accent. Meryl Streep and I were talking and, well, we need some money. Some simoleons, if you catch my drifter. And how are we gonna do that? I asked. 
We hit a bank. Meryl Streep said seriously, I couldn't believe it. I got a cousin who works security at Brandon and Sons National Bank on La Brea Boulevard. A real dingus in an armored truck picks up their loot every Thursday morning. <laughs> I'll distract him, and you guys will unload the bills into the Taurus. In and out. Real easy-like. She said in a soothing voice like she always does, that foxy minx. Mmm! I went cold. Kevin James gave me his signature puppy dog look. Mike Myers stared at me in terror. He quickly shook his head no, his eyes pleading with me. But I needed the scratch and had an itch for some steamy crow-croa. I silenced my conscience. No guns? I asked. <laughs> no guns. Meryl Streep said. I'm in. I whispered. Kevin James nodded his eyebrows up and down really quickly and he licked his lips like the fat man he is trying to get barbecue sauce off of them, I imagine. Meryl Streep winked at me in the rear view. Mike Myers sighed. <sighs> Shagadelic. He sadly whispered. Thursday morning, we're cruising into Brandon and Sons Bank on La Brea Boulevard in Meryl Streep's 1994 Champagne Ford Taurus. Kevin James was in the front seat telling Meryl Streep relatable jokes about being a regular guy. She was cracking the heck up. He was dressed like a security guard, the perfect disguise. In the back, Mike Myers was silent, dressed up in a Dr. Evil costume to conceal his identity. I myself was dressed like Mini-Me. We looked great, but I felt awful. My heart was breaking for Mike Myers. I knew he didn't want in on the score. Of all of us, he had the most to lose. The guy was silent. I tried to set him up for some perfect Shrek jokes, but he pretended not to hear. Disaster. The car came to a stop. Meryl Streep lit up a cigarette. We're here, she said through an exhale. She and comedian Kevin James got out of the car and walked to the trunk. It popped open as Mike Myers and I sat in silence in the back. Cheer up, buddy. Everything's going to be fine, I told him. Yeah, baby. Yeah. He whispered with a hint of malice in his voice. We got out and walked to the back of the car to meet up with Meryl Streep and Kevin James. I got a little something to make this easier. Meryl Streep said with a grin. She reached into the trunk. My heart dropped when she pulled out the biggest gun I'd ever seen. It was a steely blue, four foot long, with a drum magazine by the trigger. Holy cannoli! You planning to take an army out with that thing? Kevin James said in an Italian-American accent again. Meryl Streep just smirked. Everyone was starting to get sick of his bullshit. My heart was pumping double time. Meryl Streep handed the rifle to Kevin James. Now that's a spicy meatball! He exclaimed, salivating with happiness. This thing's a real pasta vizool! Forget about it! Mike Myers shook his head sadly. He wanted out. It was clear as day. Right on time. Meryl Streep said as the armored truck pulled up to the back of the bank. Her security guard cousin came out the back door and greeted the dingus driver. Her cousin waited as the driver got out and opened the back doors of the truck. Arrivederci, Kevin James said. He swung the gun over his shoulder and sneakily made for the truck. Hey, 
I think that's my cousin, Meryl Streep, shouted Meryl Streep's cousin. The wow, a bona fide movie star, a duh, cried the dingus armored truck driver. Can I get an autograph? She waved to him. Don't let me down, Dr. Evil. She said to Mike Myers with a wink. She walked down to the road towards the dingus armored truck driver. I was in a real rock and a hard place. She'd promised us no guns, but but now we were in too deep, and the money, the biscuits, the Benjamins, the sweet cheddar was so close to being ours. Palms sweating, I reached into the trunk for a gun. Mike Myers took one for himself. He checked the clip and slammed it back into place. So we're really doing this. He said, a single tear rolled down his cheek. Then it hit me just how much he had to lose. Say he got pinched. His legacy would be destroyed. We're talking the love guru. Dr. Seuss is the cat in the hat. Austin Powers too. the spy who shagged me. Couldn't let him destroy himself. Mike Myers, I said to Mike Myers, you don't have to do this. Yeah, baby, yeah, I do. He said quietly, his shoulders slumped into a silver Dr. Evil costume. At the end of the street, Meryl Streep was given the dingus armored truck driver an autograph and posing for a selfie. Kevin James had climbed up a fire escape and was in position to provide covering fire. Lord knows how he got up there. It was now or never. Mike Myers started walking towards the armored truck. I had to reach him, but how? I took a chance. Hey, Mike, I said. He stopped, nor did he face me. If you do this, it would be decidedly not Shagadelic. He took a deep breath. His Dr. Evil suit crinkled. He finally turned towards me. Yeah, baby. Mike Myers said in a sincere Austin Powers voice. Yeah, baby. Yeah. I assured him. He finally smiled. Meryl Streep talked to the dingus armored truck driver. Kevin James watched the truck through his rifle scope. Mike Myers and I put our guns on the pavement and kicked them down into the sewer. I went around to the passenger door of the Ford Taurus and opened it up for Mike Myers. I pointed to the passenger seat. Get in my belly, I joked. Kevin James saw us pull away. He stood up on the fire escape and shouted, What's the deal with this? This got the dingus armored truck driver's attention. He saw Kevin James and his massive rifle on the fire escape. The dingus driver drew a revolver and fired at him. A window smashed behind Kevin James. Kevin James crouched and started shooting back. Meryl Streep's cousin drew his pistol and shot at our car. The front window shattered as I fishtailed out of the alley. I smashed the accelerator and all 200 horsepower of the Champagne Ford Taurus lurched forward. We burned rubber. Sirens wailed in the distance as police surrounded the armored truck. I pulled up to the departure gate at a Los Angeles International Airport and turned off the ignition. Mike Myers had to get on the next flight to Canada and lay low for a while in case anyone saw him. There was so much I wanted to say to Mike Myers. I wanted to apologize for getting him into this mess. Hey, Mike Myers, I said to Mike Myers. Look, I'm... They cut me off. We're square, amigo. He said. 
He never looked so good in his Dr. Evil costume as he did just then. He got out of the car. The automatic doors of the Los Angeles International Airport opened for him. He went in without turning around for a final look. Mike Myers was going to be just fine. But me? Eh, not so much. Couldn't cope with all the guilt. As crazy as it sounds, I felt awful for leaving Meryl Streep and Kevin James out to dry. I beat myself up for betraying Mike Myers' trust. I began pounding Crow Croa hours, days, weeks, months slipped by. I hit rock bottom in a 7-Eleven parking lot. I'd gone in and walked to the medical soft drink section to get a piping hot Crow Croa. You know, for essential story approved nutrients that the body craves. When I got to the coolers, my face dropped. They were out of Crow Croa. I called out to the teen behind the counter. Hey, Zacharite! I shouted. No crow crow I screamed. What's the deal with this? I cried insanely, trying to do an impersonation of Kevin James, but forsooth, I was not as fat as him, and my neck would not let me make the awful Italian impressions that his does. The teen looked at the floor. You plumped it all, Cardinal Larson, he says. He shifted his feet, took a deep breath. Whispering, he says. But we gotta... But we got some... Speak up, teen! I can't hear you, teen! I yelled. His eyes burned in shame. I could see his conscience working overtime. He chose to betray it. We got some prepsa in the back, he muttered. I was floored! I'll tell you, a bad part of me wanted to give Zachary a classic Cardinal Larson beatdown. But a worse part of me was tempted to grease down a blasphemous prepsa. Before I knew it, I was in my 1994 Champagne Ford Taurus. I had the prepsa bottle to my lips, but I hadn't yet sucked. Tilted the bottle. The sacrilegiously cold prepsa inches from my tongue when my phone buzzed. It was a text from Brother Reed. It's Dak Shepard, it said. My heart sank. Another text came through. I read the three scariest words I've ever seen. He's been tooked. Tearfully, I threw a bottle out of the window. It smashed against a Park 1987 powder blue Cutlass Sierra. The Prepsa's acidic bubbles burned a hole through its passenger door. I promised myself I'd kill whoever was behind this. The mood in Pastor Andrew's office was somber. Pastor Andrew looked numb at his desk. Sister Callista comforted Brother Reed as he wept insanely. Well, Chalms guarded the door. He's such a tough little trooper. A fire burned in the fireplace, illuminating the framed pictures on Pastor Andrew's wall of himself with A-list celebrity congregants. In a row of otherwise perfectly arranged photos, one was missing. I turned to Pastor Andrew. The missing photo was on his desk. I slowly walked over to see who was in it. It was Sister Callista, Pastor Andrew, and Brother Reed with Dax... Shepherd. Ugh. Pooey, you bastard. 
They were smiling wide. In the picture, Dax was giving Brother Reed bunny ears and he had a dumb grin on his face, which was kind of annoying because you know who he is. Ugh! I mean, I like Dax. He's fine. He's not... not funny. But... well... blech. I won't talk smack on congregants. What do we know? I asked. Finally, Pastor Andrew piped up. This is all we've got. He said. He handed me a note. I read it. We's got Dax Shepard, and we's a gonna turn his brains into pasta for Zool, if you don't pay up. My hands trembled with fury. Brother Reed's sobbing slowed. Do you know who took Dax? He asked. Oh, I know who took him. It's former A-list celebrity congregant Kevin James. A-list celebrity congregant Meryl Streep is probably behind the whole thing. And I'm gonna take those fuckers down. I pulled up in front of a warehouse in Culver City, Los Angeles, California. It was the warehouse where disgraced A-list celebrity congregant Meryl Streep kept all of her Oscars, Golden Globes, and Nickelodeon's Kid Choice Awards. In the passenger seat of the Ford Taurus, champagne mind you, was a plastic shopping bag full of throwing knives. No guns, right Meryl? <laughs> I said to myself. I kind of wished people had been around to hear me say it because it sounded really cool. I took my plastic shopping bag of knives and headed towards the warehouse. I crept up to a side door and got a throwing knife ready. I placed my ear to the door to hear the telltale footsteps of henchmen. But I heard nothing. I put my hand on the doorknob and was surprised to find it unlocked. It's so peculiar that I said, This is most peculiar to myself on account of it being so peculiar. I let myself into the building and it's wall to wall packed with awards. It's like the warehouse at the end of Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, starring A list celebrity congregant Allison Duty as love interest Elsa Schneider. I searched the first floor. Nothing. Nada. Zilch. Zip. Zero. What else can I say about it? Nothing. Zero. I crept up the wooden stairs of the second floor. Nothing. Third floor. Nothing. Bupkis. Story damn it! I said to myself, all that hard work, all those weeks of trading and putting clues together piece by piece, and for what? Nothing. I let Sister Callista, Brother Reed, and Pastor Andrew down. And worst of all, I let myself down. Oh, and I guess I let Dak Shepard down. But I really wasn't thinking about him because he's pretty irritating. I turned to leave when my old schnoz picked up a scent. I sniffed. What was it? I've got it! It was the unmistakable smell of hot plate of spaghetti, piled high with all the fixings, amitabha balls, gabagool, mozzarella. It was Kevin James's famous recipe. He and Meryl Streep were near, but where? I followed my nose. The smell of garlic got stronger. The parmesan smelled so fresh, I could almost taste it. The scent brought me to the back of the warehouse and stopped me in front of a bookshelf backed against a brick wall. I looked around for a door, but there was nothing. Another dead end. Maybe my nose was playing tricks on me. 
Maybe I wanted to find Kevin James and Meryl Streep so bad I convinced myself of the whole scheme. Maybe I was finally growing those tumors, allegedly, caused by Crocroa. It's unproven that Crocroa causes tumors or has any negative effects on human health. Crocroa, plump on it. I looked up and down the bookshelf. On the second row was an illustrated graphic novel adaptation of Austin Powers' Three Gold Member. To cheer myself up, I tilted it towards me when whoosh! The floor spun around and spat me out to the other side of the wall. It was a hidden door! The oldest trick of the book! I tumbled out into a top-secret hideout. Everything had a chrome finish and gaudy 1960s vibe. In the middle of the room was a planet-destroying retro ray gun pointed through a hole in the ceiling. Off to the side was a small tank of water filled with sharks with laser beams on their heads. A winding staircase led downstairs through the glass floor, revealing a giant rocket in the shape of a Frisch's big boy mascot. Wait! This wasn't Kevin James and Meryl Streep's secret hideout? This was... We're not so different, you and I. Called Mike Myers in Dr. Evil's voice from above. I whipped around. Mike Myers in his Dr. Evil costume looked down on me. A-list celebrity congregant Mike Myers! I shouted. You look surprised. He laughed. Then he suddenly stopped laughing and raised his pinky to the corner of his mouth. After you dropped me off at the airport, I boarded the first flight back to my hometown of Scarborough, Canada. I boarded in this very Dr. Evil outfit you see now. But we got stuck on the tarmac for six hours. The exact amount of time it takes to be in a Dr. Evil costume before you become him. He explained. It made perfect sense. But what about Kevin James? What about Meryl Streep? I asked. Why don't you ask them? Mike Myers said coyly. He pressed a button on the wall behind him and a giant door opened with a pneumatic wheeze. Behind the door was a massive table. On top of the table was a giant plate of spaghetti piled high with all the fixings. Dax Shepard had a bib on, was eating it. Forkful after forkful, slamming it into his mouth. He took a second to breathe and saw me watching him. Hey, Cardinal Larson. He tried to say like the Fonz. Ugh, story. What an asshole. How's the spaghetti? Called Mike Myers. It's, uh, very nice. <laughs> Dax Shepard called out like Borat. Ugh, I wish I were kidding. He continued in his regular voice. The meatballs taste really talented and dynamic with a perfect pinch of relatable humor. Like a clean joke about being a regular guy. My face drained. Dax! No! Those meatballs are made out of Meryl Streep and Kevin James! Looked at me in terror. And he kept eating. Almost like he forgot immediately. Ugh. Of course you know you can't leave. Mike Myers called from above. He pulled a lever and the ray gun pointed right at me. I tried to run out of the way, but it followed my every move. My heart was pounding. There was nowhere to go. This truly would be the end of Cardinal Larson. I'm going to collect that ransom, shouted Mike Myers. And then I'll steal from the church of the story, just like I stole from 
Dana Carvey. Dana Carvey? Shouted Dax Shepard. He got up from the table and ran over to me. <laughs> I do a really good Dana Carvey. Check this out, check this out. Bar, bar. No. Read my lips. Stop. stop him. Scotty, stop him. Screamed Mike Myers. Don't stop, Dax. Keep going. <laughs> Shouted Dax. <laughs> okay, okay. This, this one's for Master of Disguise. Turtle, turtle. <laughs> turtle, no. turtle. No, turtle, turtle. no, no. <laughs> Screamed Mike Myers. Dax had unintentionally pinpointed Mike Myers' kryptonite. Dana Carvey, the true king of impressions. Dana Carvey, who could flawlessly impersonate Ross Perot and George H.W. Bush back to back. The Carve Man, Hans from Hans and Franz, a total pro. You're jealous, I shouted up to him. Jealous! Screamed Mike Myers jealously. You're the cane to his Abel, the Buckingham to his Knicks, the Burke to his Ernie. Stop! 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 He cried, mouth foaming with insanity, and wound up for the final punch. Dana Carvey will always be my Shrek. He ran towards the winding stairs, so frenzied in his tight-fitting Dr. Evil costume that he lost his balance. Uh, my wife... Shouted Dax Shepard. It wasn't Dana Carvey, but it finally pushed Mike Myers over the edge. Mike Myers slipped on the stairs and fell face forward. His forehead hit the first stair and a small fizz of pink brains oozed out. He grunted with a sickening... He continued falling down the stairs, breaking arms, breaking legs, neck bruising where his vertebrae cracked and pushed against his skin. He landed at the bottom, stone cold dead. Blood seeped out of his silver Dr. Evil costume. He deflated into nothingness as he turned into bugs. They scampered away and snuck into the cracks of the walls. Ugh, I think I lost my appetite. Joked Dak Shepard. I went to the steaming, empty, Dr. Evil costume and I took a knee. I rubbed the polyester gently, thinking of memories past. The world would never again laugh at me, of his eponymous world. There would be no fifth Shrek. Let's hit the road, Dax, I said over my shoulder. Dax wasn't there. He was back at the table chowing down on the massive plate of Barrel Street and Kevin James Spagat. It was as if the whole experience hadn't even phased him at all. Dax ate loudly, oinking like a pig. He threw the fork over his shoulder, began scooping spoonful after spoonful of spagat and meatball into his mouth, choking down minced bits of Meryl Streep and Kevin James. Spagat ran down his arms, pooling at his bent elbows. Dax was frenzied. Tears of ecstasy streamed down his cheeks. Between the bites, he pounded his chest and screamed to the heavens. Chunks of half-chewed spagat flying in the air. I approached him, he growled like a dog. Dax Shepard's eyes went black. He would live forever. And I needed a crow crow The story must be told. Cardinal Larson, as always, it was a pleasure to have you with us. 
And now, to save the effort of you groveling for donations, we have gone ahead and filled a dirty bucket hat with 20 storybooks, two cold potatoes, and a length of frayed twine. <laughs> have fun! And I encourage the congregation to think on Cardinal Larson's wise words and say a prayer to the story for our dearly departed friend, mentor, and close compatriot of the story, Mike Myers. You're shagging with the story now, baby. That was The Story Must Be Told. We are proud to be hosted on The Last Podcast Network, lastpodcastnetwork.com, and oh, yeah, we got new videos. Oh, mm, yeah, yeah. Go to youtube.com slash the story must be told because we're starting a new stream of videos just leaking out all over our fresh congregation. We got a greasy promo, we got some trailers, and we got more coming every week for the next indeterminate amount of weeks. Maybe nine. Check them out. We filmed them fresh for you. And you know what? We just like it if you, you enjoyed it a little. Ooh, they're so sweet. Brother Reed signing off and wishing you, you'll, you'll be there for me when I need you. I love you so much. I love you. I love you so much. Story. Oh my god, fuck me. <laughs> okay, here we go. Dr. Fucking Evil. Okay, now here's the dingus. <clears throat> the story must be told. This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. 